0: Welcome to Eploribus Cast. This is your host, Sophia A. Nelson. Today is Wednesday, December 18, 2019, a day that will live in infamy, to borrow a famous phrase uttered by President Franklin Roosevelt. Today, the 45th President of the United States of America, Donald John Trump, will be impeached by the House of Representatives for only the third time in American history, the first being in 1868, President Andrew Johnson. The second, being almost a hundred years later, President William Jefferson Clinton in 1998, and now, in December of 2019, President Donald J. Trump. There, of course, have been a number of impeachments throughout our history, relative to judges and other officials, that the Constitution allows must only be removed by the power of impeachment. Uh, But today is different, and today is different because unlike in the previous two impeachments, certainly uh, in the 1970s when Richard Nixon was about to be impeached and the Judiciary Committee had voted the articles out, and the president uh, understood by members of his own party who had the courage to walk up to him down at the White House and say, sir, we don't have the votes, and you will not only be impeached, you will be removed in the Senate, and he resigned. So Make sure you're clear that President Nixon was not, in fact, impeached. He resigned, and that's an important fact that I think a lot of people get wrong. I think they think Nixon was also impeached, and he was not. But fast forward back to today. Look, this is a somber day for our nation. This is not a day to celebrate. This is not a day to high-five. This is not a day uh, that is one that we should celebrate. But it is a day that we should be sober-minded about and respect because the Constitution— still stands. 230-40 years later the Constitution of the United States of America which was adopted in 1787 still stands and I think that it is so important that we as a nation pause for a moment and reflect and I just wanted to talk a little bit about what I've learned over these past months since the summer and this process and what it says about America the first and most important thing i want to bring to your attention today on this historic and again somber day is that the constitution is vindicated meaning that it still lives it still breathes it still thrives and that members of congress are willing to put their own political fortunes on the line particularly the moderate democrat uh, members of congress and states where they were elected in districts that swing from republican to democrat and a lot of independent voters Uh, moderate Democrats who uh, don't consider themselves progressives, but more uh, conservative, if you will, more about those issues that tend to align perhaps even with Republican uh, electorates. And so you look at these freshman Democrats, uh, Abigail Spanberger here at home in Virginia, and they uh, have a hard choice to make. Uh, Do I do the thing that gets me reelected or do I do what my conscience dictates? And I, for one, have a lot of respect for anyone who uh, would be a profile in courage and who would uh, be willing to put their own neck on the line politically to stand up for what they believe is right. I believe that the Constitution is stronger today, not weaker. I believe that this is a reminder to any executive, whether it's this one or one uh, the next time or 50 years from now that you are one of three co-equal branches of government. We do not have a king in America. We do not have tyrants. We do not have dictators. We have presidents. And those presidents have a vast power and authority under Article Two in the Constitution, but so then does the Congress under Article I, and so then does the courts under Article Three. And so this amazing experiment by our founding fathers still stands to this day. It's still working. It's still in process, and it's something that we can breathe a sigh of relief that we still have a check. There is no almighty power. There is no I can do whatever I want. That doesn't exist in this country. We don't allow that. We don't encourage it, and we don't believe in it. So I'm grateful for that. But let me say a few things about what I think I've learned as a former journalist who covered the White House, who worked on Capitol Hill, as someone who's admitted to the bar of the United States Supreme Court as a young attorney, but now someone who's an opinion writer and an author and pundit, if you will. So I get to look at these things a little bit differently. I get to kind of inject my my personal thoughts and my opinions. And, and to that end, I want to say that I think it is so very important uh, that uh, we stop and reflect on where we are. And the one stark thing that I keep coming back to from watching all of the hearings, watching the 17 fact witnesses, are are two things actually. One is that uh, this White House, unlike Bill Clinton's White House, unlike Dick Nixon's White House, who even though Nixon uh, uh, tried to fire officials at the Justice Department and do all kind of nefarious things, ultimately uh, the courts turned over the tapes, demanded that those tapes be turned over. That was the beginning of the end. Uh, Witnesses did testify before the Congress um, and ultimately Nixon had enough shame Uh, To resign uh, because he understood that he had lost, that what he had done was wrong, and that he needed to uh, move away and let this country heal. I think, in Bill Clinton's instance, I was a young attorney working on the Hill at the time, um, the president gave DNA samples. How embarrassing Uh, with the whole Monica Lewinsky matter. Uh, They turned over documents, they had witnesses testify, they had them testify in the Senate. Uh, and Bill Clinton, too, on the eve of his impeachment, uh, made a, a famous speech where he, he looked into the American people's face uh, on the uh, uh, lawn of the White House and said, I am profoundly sorry uh, for what I've put this country through, for what I've put my family through, uh, for what I've put the process through. It's my fault. He owned it and he was ashamed by it. That will never happen with this president. And that is one of the things that jumps out at me the most, the lack of cooperation the obstruction of Congress, the willful, wanton recklessness of disrespecting an equal, co equal branch of government, the infamous letter that the president wrote uh, uh, that was just simply unbelievable. Any lawyer reading it got a headache, and any layperson reading it should have been deeply alarmed about, frankly, the stability, emotionally and otherwise, of this person to lead our. Our great republic of uh, the letter was awful it was a screech uh, it's not what presidents do we've never seen any conduct like this and I think that brings me to my second point which is that I'm deeply concerned about the division that I see in America the palpable uh in-your-face angry partisan division the Republicans Uh, in the House acquitted themselves horribly. I'm saying this as a lifelong moderate Republican. I don't care who tries to say I'm not a Republican. That's simply not true. I've been nominated for the United States Congress as a Republican before I was 30 years old in my home state of New Jersey. I've worked for Republicans from Christy Whitman to Pete Wilson to George Herbert Walker Bush to um, being an investigative committee counsel in the House under the most conservative chairman you can imagine, Dan Burton. So my credentials are clear. My credentials are real. They are checkable, uh, if you will. And so uh, I'm saying this as a a lifelong Republican, a Jack Kent Republican, that I am appalled, shocked and dismayed at the conduct I saw in the Judiciary Committee from people like Doug Collins and Jim Jordan and others who simply refused to engage in a respectful, honest dialogue about the facts and about what was done and to listen to our former ambassadors and people who've dedicated their life to defending this democracy abroad and to serving abroad for 30, 40 years. Ambassador Taylor stepping down uh, via news reports this morning from his post and will retire at the end of the year, which I think is a great loss to the State Department. But I think that for me, uh, one of the biggest takeaways is how divided we are. And When you listen to the Republican representatives, um, they are seeing a different America than we see. They are uh, living a different reality than the facts uh, lend themselves to, the gaslighting, the total lack of respect for what is real, telling people that what they see is not in fact what they see. Um, It's simply stunning, it's jaw-dropping, it's disturbing. And I think that history will not be kind uh, when it reflects back, again, 50, 100 years from now, and it looks back at what happened to the once great party of Lincoln, the, the great Republican Party, the great party of Teddy Roosevelt, of Dwight Eisenhower, of Ronald Reagan. That party doesn't seem to exist, the capitulation to Russia and and to oligarchs and to uh, strongmen like Kim Jong-un and and Il and all these other people, it is uh, simply jaw-dropping to see this process unfold. And it says to me that there's some outliers. There are a group of Americans, a significant group of Americans, not to be trifled with, not to be ignored, but to be taken very seriously. This group is angry. Uh, They remind me of those old Frankenstein movies that you would see where people had torches. And uh, they would march through the village looking for the monster, the boogeyman. Um, And that's what this process felt like. There was a lot of anger. There was a lot of yelling, literally yelling and screaming, pounding on the table. uh, Not even having the, the courtesy and the courage to say, you know what? this president did something inappropriate it was wrong it's not something we want a president to ever do to invite foreign interference into our elections but i don't think he should be impeached i think maybe we should put up a censure resolution or i think there ought to be another way to deal with this but we couldn't even get that and that's where i think the problem is for me and others that there's no intellectual honesty uh even about right and wrong and when you get to a place where you can't agree on what's right and wrong then we're in trouble and i think that long after President Trump is gone, whether it's in the 2020 election or whether it's uh, when he leaves office in 2025, um, I think that this process will have uh, corroded us. It will have hurt us. It will have wounded us as a republic, as a democracy. The Constitution will rise above this because it always does. uh, But it only can rise above if the guardians and protectors of it uh, defend it. And so that's really what this is about for me as an American, as an American citizen who loves her country, who loves her fellow citizens, and who is deeply distressed and disturbed by what I see. Uh, Today is historic. Uh, The House will uh, debate right now. The articles are being read. The rules will have to be worked out. There are motions being made. The Republicans will do all they can to delay this vote late into the night to try to obstruct and do what they've done the whole process. Uh, There will be six hours of debate equally divided, three for the Dems, three for the Republicans. And then the question becomes, uh, who will Speaker Pelosi name as House managers? There's a lot of talk about Justin Amash being one. I I hope that's true, the former Republican turned independent. But I think also there will be um, uh, the question on the table about whether or not there's going to be a fair trial in the Senate. And I'm going to do a whole podcast, and I'm going to get some guests on. I'm going to get on um, some of my good friends like Heidi Prisbola of NBC, and I'm going to get on uh, Laura Coates of CNN, where I am now, and, and try to get on um, some real scholars here and news people, uh, beyond just my voice that you hear, to talk about these things as we go forward after uh, the holidays. So, again, I wanted to stop by and just remind you all that uh, this is a a day in American history, a a big day. It doesn't happen often, it shouldn't happen often. It will be the third time that it's happening here in America. Uh, I don't believe that I've now lived long enough uh, I was a little girl, little, little girl, um, little girl, a toddler running around when Dick Nixon was uh, going to be impeached. So I have no recollection of that, but I certainly worked on the Hill during Bill Clinton's impeachment, and now uh, I'm here for Donald Trump's impeachment. Uh, I was on uh, CNN yesterday with my longtime friend on the Democrat side, Julian Epstein, and he reminded me when we were in the makeup room that our first appearance together on C SPAN was June 9th, uh, 1990. Uh, 8 June 9th 1998 you can actually go to the archives and look that up but it was great to be on air with him yesterday and we couldn't believe we were having the same discussion that we had had almost 30 years before so again uh, thank you for following this podcast thank you for joining please share it with your friends please uh, send me messages and notes let me know the things you want to hear about talk about uh, what you want to know about uh, as we'll end season one in uh, the next weeks here, and then go into season two starting in January. I have a birthday early in January, so we'll probably do the first podcast, uh, a New Year's Day special podcast, some type of motivational podcast to get us all focused on the new year, and then I'm going to do an end of 2019, end of a decade wrap as well, right after the Christmas holiday. So stay with us, uh, stick with us, and thank you again for uh, just being a part of this process. Uh, thank you again for being uh, what you're doing in your communities to help people at this time of year who are less fortunate. I wish you all uh, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year and Happy Holidays. And please be safe. Um, If you're drinking, uh, don't drive. And uh, just enjoy your family and your friends at this wonderful time of year. God bless you and keep you. And God bless the United States of America.